Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, awesome. We are vision builders. I love that statement. I love what we are vision builders that statement speaks of. I love... I love it because it speaks of us all together as a church community building something that is impacting this city and beyond. And uh, we are achieving something together that will affect the generations to come. So what is Vision Builders? In case you don't know, in case you're here this morning and you don't know, Vision Builders is really simple. It's all about us here at C3 Watson Vision Builders enables us to fulfill the vision God has given us. That's what it helps us do, which is to reach and impact this city for Jesus. We're not here for us. First and foremost, C3 Watson, we are not here for us. We are here for the people who aren't here yet. And you will have heard me say that many times. We're here for the ones who don't know Jesus yet. Because all over the city, all over this city, there are people who are lost without him. Now, some of those people feel that loss. They feel that something is missing. Others of them are just trying to grab things and achieve things and to try and do something to what is missing on the inside. But this city needs Jesus, and that's why we're here. And so since moving into this ministry centre, we have, we believe, become more effective at reaching our city for Jesus, at providing a home. A sanctuary, a place for families and generations to grow together. Bill just talked about that with their children growing. A place for people to be healed, a place for people to find freedom, a a place for them to find life and the greatest force on the planet, which is the love of God. So let me give you a few stats for you people who like stats. In, in 2003, 150 people, this, that was C3 Watson in 2003, 150 people had a dream. And it was realised at the end of 2013. So it was a 10-year process. And in, in that 10 years, that 150 people grew to 320. And then since then... COVID actually put a little dent in that, but since then, because we didn't actually come here and meet together, did you remember that last year? Yeah, it's a great year. Since then, (laughs) another 300 people have joined us, and over 400 people have come to know Christ. Hello, hello, over 400 people. We believe that having a home base has made us more effective at seeing our vision come to pass. So Vision Builders does something that is pretty boring. It pays the mortgage, but it's very important. (laughs) It also pays for things that we do around this place, you know, uh, improvements. And you might see out there in the foyer that we started doing something in our kids' area, in our playground. We want to complete that if we... Um, have enough funds this year, we want to complete that. Mostly Vision Builders pays the mortgage, but can I tell you, it does so much more than that. 
When you give to Vision Builders, you're a part of seeing people's lives transformed. I want to I read you an excerpt from a testimony of a young person who came to Jesus this year at our church. This person says this. I've got a number of testimonies today. They're anonymous because people have asked for that. This person says, at a young age, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety. Shortly after, I got remarkably depressed. I had daily anxiety attacks. I was terrified to go to school, let alone leave my own home. I felt trapped inside myself, and I didn't know how to ask for help. And all I wanted to do was be set free from my anxious thoughts. One day I asked my parents, is my life going to be like this forever? Living in constant fear that all eyes are on me. I can't live my life like this. I had my seasons of times where I got somewhat better and I could function with myself, but that time shortly ended and I was back to square one. My body was shutting down. I despised my looks. I wouldn't eat properly. I gave up on my passion with sports. I dropped out of school and I would rarely leave my home. My mind was filled with what ifs. What if my life was never going to change? Am I always going to feel these things? Then I started reading the gospel, and it completely changed me. It changed my view of others, how I treat people, my view of myself, but overall my purpose. The only thing that matters is what God thinks of me. And my eyes were open to that, and I understand that now. I can't say that I am now perfect for surrendering my life to God and coming to church weekly, but what I do feel is safe. I can't read some of these. I feel safe that I am in the loving arms of a forgiving Father who will love me unconditionally and will never leave me, even during my troubled times when I feel lost. He will always straighten my path. That is a real live testimony of a beautiful person who came to Christ this year. When you give to Vision Builders, you're part of the miracle of a married couple who struggled for years to have a child, who we prayed for and stood with, and I'm talking for many years, who we believed with, and we had the privilege of walking with them through the journey, through the tears, through the highs, through the lows, and ultimately seeing the fulfillment of their dream as we held that baby they had waited years and years to have. When you give to Vision Builders, you're part of the countless miracles we have seen and the testimonies coming from the freedom groups that, that we run. Here's a guy who was in John's freedom group, just finished John's freedom group, and he says this, I carried weight that I thought was normal responsibility and I didn't think anything of it, but now I know better. I am so free and have a healthier relationship with those closest to me. Beautiful. And a testimony from a, a woman who just finished the freedom group that Amanda run, ran. I arrived at the freedom course with a heart of desperation. I felt spiritually tormented my entire life. I was told God loved me and was with me, but I kept coming back to the same question, does he really? Disappointment and grief had me constantly arguing with him, and I used control and perfectionism to try to protect myself and those I loved from any further pain. At times it was dark, and despite being surrounded by many who loved me, I felt so alone. Through the freedom course, God revealed this to me, and that there was a generational sin imp impacting on our family. I received prayer. Two weeks ago, I finished the freedom course with power, and for the first time excitement, 
for what God has next for me. And now I realise he had been pursuing me since the start. Unwilling to settle for a lukewarm relationship, this week I enrolled in a course, my first steps, that will equip me to walk into what I know God has been calling me to do for years. I feel alive. How good is that? When you give to Vision Builders, you're part of the Beyond Barbecue that we ran last week at a local women's refuge, and 14 women came and were blessed by the women from our church, and they were shown the love of Christ, and we're doing this every month, and we want to start the same thing at a local man's refuge. When you give to Vision Builders, you're part of the legacy of this physical structure that we have built that will outlast all of us. Because this place will be a place where future generations in this city come to know Christ. There is nothing else as important as that. Nothing else. There's some of the things that you give to when you give to Vision Builders. Because it enables us, it helps us Having this physical building, a presence, a place, enables us to fulfill the vision of this church better. Last year, we couldn't come together, but this place, we got services out to you from this place. There are other campuses, there are other services that are a part of the vision of this church, and that's why we do Vision Builders. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7 says this, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Gracious act of giving. And that's what this campaign is all about. Excelling in the gracious act of giving. So I want to look at two ways that we, as believers in Christ can excel in the gracious act of giving. The first way that we can do it is to lose what I'm calling scarcity thinking. Some people look at life with scarcity thinking rather than abundant thinking. What is scarcity thinking? If we see things with scarcity thinking... We see life as only having so much. As though there were only one pie out there and if someone were to get a piece of the pie, it would mean less for everyone else. And who doesn't love pie? I made pie a couple of weeks ago and it disappeared in my house. Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People talks about this. The scarcity mentality says, if you have a gain, then I have a loss. If you have more, there is less for me. If you are successful, it will threaten my success. People with the scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition, credit, power or money. They also have a very, very hard time genuinely being happy for the success of someone else. And the way that they look at the world causes them 
It stops them from excelling in the gracious act of giving because if I give, I will have less. If I hold on, I will have more. I know for a fact, I have lived, we have lived for a fact. I mean, William was up here talking about tithing and Paul and I tithe. You know, we give our 10%, then we give offerings, and then we give vision builders. And I just, there are so many examples, you know, Bible college fees paid for when we didn't have them, a new engine for our car. Like there's just, there's so many times that we may have felt like we had less, but we got more. On the other hand, there's the abundant mentality. And, and it is the para- paradigm that there is plenty out there and more than enough to spare. Hey, that rhymes. Plenty out there and more than enough to spare. <laughs> it results in sh- the sharing of recognition, prestige, money. It, it opens possibilities. It opens options. It opens alternatives and creativity. And God is the God of an abundant mentality. He's the God who took five loaves and two fishes and increased it and had an abundant left o- abundance left over. Isn't that true? He is the God of the abundance. Oh, sorry. I think of back to when we were building this building. Apologies if you've heard this. A lot of you won't have. And it, it didn't exist yet, but Robin and I, Robin Slater and I, were at a project manager's meeting And the builder said to me, well, you know, the carpet for the foyer. And I said, what carpet for the foyer? He said, you know, the carpet, the carpet tiles. And they were as ugly as anything, guys. I tell you, they were disgusting. I said, we're not having carpet in the foyer. He said, yeah, because we had to cut a lot of our overheads through the building process for other reasons. Project managers went into receivership. Anyway, I said, oh, Rod, we can't have carpet tiles like that in our building. I said, how much do we need? He said, you need $10,000. I said, okay. So off we went, went to my office, said to God, God, we need $10,000 because we can't have ugly carpet tiles in our foyer. Seriously, this is, I mean, I'm making it a bit of a joke, but it's true. That's exactly what I did. And then a couple of days later, this is our God of abundance. A couple of days later, a couple walked in, sat down on the couch in my office and said, Mel, God's just put on our hearts to give $100,000 to the building of this building. Is that abundance? Or is that abundance? I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Back in Genesis 1, abundance was woven into the very fabric of creation. From the very beginning, God's way is an abundant way. In Genesis 1, God created a good world and he blessed it with abundant life potential tucked in the DNA of every bit of his creation. His instruction to his creation was, be fruitful and multiply. 
Genesis 9.11, now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. If you read through Genesis, God said that to the plants, he said it to the animals, he said it to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply. They weren't limited. Inside, each, there were seeds for more. That fruitful ability clearly speaks of God's goodness and abundance. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Lose scarcity thinking. Secondly, be generous. Psychiatrist Carl Meninger says, Giving is an important criteria of mental health. Generous people are less mentally ill. Isaiah 32 verse 8 says, and by his generosity he or she will stand. Because I believe that generosity is a way of seeing, it's a way of thinking, and it's a way of living. And growing in the gracious act of giving cannot happen in our lives without generosity without looking outward, without giving out of ourselves and outside of ourselves. And some people live their life doing the actual, actual opposite. They live their life trying to gather to themselves. God's never been like that. He's always been a giver. We were designed to have a flow that comes out of us, the river of God. Without generosity, without that stance of generosity and giving out, no matter how much we achieve and how much we get, we will end up lonely and unfulfilled, in my opinion. Proverbs 11 says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than what is right, but it leads to poverty. Generosity is a stance. It's not a labor. It's not a single one-off action or event. Phew, I've done that. Woo, don't do that again. It's definitely not an obligation. Generosity is actually just a way of living. Paul says in Corinthians that the way we know that we've experienced the grace of God is that we are generous with our possessions, with our time, with our money, with our talents. If we need to be commanded to be generous, we haven't properly understood the grace of God who has been so generous to us. The more generous we are, the more we will excel in the gracious act of giving. Luther said of Jesus, Lord, you are my goodness and I am your punishment. You took everything I deserved and now I get everything you deserved. We should get up every day and say, I'm rich because we are rich. I have been adopted into his family. I have a guarantee to rule and reign forever. I've got his holy power living in me that will overwhelm all my flaws, all my weaknesses, all my sadnesses. Is that a word? All my sadness. And from that place, from that stance, I'm a generous person. 
I have a generous vision. That vision must be bigger than me and it must include strategies and plans to bless other people. Generosity shows our faith. Come up, guys. God says that being generous and giving is like planting seeds. It's like a deposit. It's like an investment for the future. We don't give because someone manipulates us or we don't give because of emotion. We don't give because we feel guilty. We don't give because we're under pressure. We give as an act of gratitude. Of keeping our priorities in order. So, just laying it out there for you. Another year with Vision Builders. We believe that everyone in our church can give something. Not everyone can give thousands of dollars, but everyone can give something. We have kids who've been giving for years. Some of them aren't kids anymore, but they started when they were kids. Through to 70, 80 year olds. It's about being a contributor rather than a consumer. So we ask everyone during this month to ask God how he wants you to be involved. Just to ask him, you may be surprised. It's just a simple question, God. How do you want me to be involved? Paul and I look at what we have. We look at what we can sacrifice. We look at what we can create. And then in, in two weeks' time, on the 20th of um, June, thank you, darling, we have a pledge Sunday. We know that people aren't at church every week, and so there are pledge cards on your chair nearby. If you feel that you want to pledge today, there's going to be a glass, big glass container up on the stage and you are very welcome to, to do that. And if you do, Paul and I will be standing up here and we would like to pray over you and your pledge. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. What I want to do is just switch gears a little bit. you might be in church today, in our church today for the first time, or you may have been here many times. But I want to give you an opportunity if you haven't got a habit, you do not have a relationship with Christ at the moment. Our God is a giver. We've looked at that today. The most important thing that He ever did was give his son, God gave his son for you and for me. Came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross. For all of the mistakes that all of us make so that we could have a relationship with him. And so right now I want to pray a prayer. It's a private prayer between you and him, but we're going to pray it out loud and I want to invite you to pray with us if you would like to make a first-time decision to follow Christ or you would like to recommit your life to Him. Let's pray. Dear God, 
Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Forgive me for my sin. I ask you to come into my life. I choose to live for you. I ask you to be my Lord and Saviour. Thank you that today I'm saved. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.